One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to the Circe Podcast Network. I'm Joshua Gibbs, and this is Proverbial, the podcast where we explore the wisdom of the ages as it comes to us in Proverbs, by which I mean wise sayings a man may live by, if he's not so arrogant as to think himself special. Episode 135, Exit Interviews. Today's proverb comes from Solomon. I'll read it twice. Wisdom is better than strength, but the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heeded. This proverb is taken from a story, or it's the conclusion of a story that Solomon has heard. And the story goes like this. There was once a small city with only a few people in it. And a powerful king came against it, surrounded it, and built huge siege works against it. Now there lived in that city a man poor but wise, and he saved the city by his wisdom. But nobody remembered that poor man. So I said, wisdom is better than strength, but the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are no longer heeded. The story and the moral of the story are not the same. They even seem a little at odds with one another. In the story, the poor man's wisdom is heeded, In the moral, the poor man's wisdom is not heeded. As with many Proverbs, I think that the story, I think the story needs to be understood in the context of a bigger and more nuanced story. So even the story has a proverbial quality to it, and a proverb always has to be understood as the gist of a story, as a snapshot from a story. Sometimes a proverb is two snapshots. 
One taken at the beginning, one taken at the end. And you get the beginning and the end, and you have to figure out how we go from point A to point B. And that's the riddle. Some proverbs are riddles. So there's a city, a small city, that is besieged. And no one in the city knows what to do. The king is baffled. The queen is baffled. Their advisors are baffled. The royal court is baffled. The governor and the chief of police are baffled. No one knows how to save the city except this one poor man. This poor man has an idea about how to best the siege works that are laid outside the city walls. And somehow the poor man in this story gets the ear of the king. The poor man's idea somehow rises through the ranks and the king hears there's a, there's a poor man, there's a homeless guy in the city who knows what to do. And the king has no, ch- no chips, no cards to play. He's like, fine, bring me the poor man. Bring me this genius, this homeless genius. I'll hear him out. There's nothing that my advisors have suggested we do that will work. And so the poor man comes, and he lays out this plan for the king. And the king listens, and he strokes his chin, and he says, you might be onto something. So they implement the poor guy's plan. And it works. And the city is saved. And no one gives the poor man any credit whatsoever. He's totally forgotten. Saves the city, still homeless. That's what Solomon says. I think that many people have experienced something like this in their lives. Children have experienced it. Students have experienced it. Teachers have experienced it. There's some problem that besets a group, and those in charge are debating what to do, and they're flummoxed, and they go round and round. What are we going to do about this problem? How are we going to solve it? And then someone from the social strata just below the people in charge breaks into the conversation and offers either a rather obvious solution to the problem or a counterintuitive solution to the problem. A solution that has not occurred to anyone in the strata above. And everyone in the strata above says, oh, of course, yes, that'll work. And they adopt the idea and they move forward with the child's plan, the student's plan. And then the child and the students are entirely forgotten. And they're waiting for some credit. They're waiting for the adults to hoist them up on their shoulders and and cheer for them. But But the child or the student gets no credit whatsoever. Everyone forgets about the source of the wisdom. After the poor man's wisdom has saved the city, no one remembers him. I think there's a number of ways 
or justifications for robbing the poor man. Uh, for credit or of credit for what he's done. The people in charge have all sorts of ways of justifying never speaking to the poor man again. They might say something like, uh, you know, people have all kinds of ideas. Everyone's got ideas. People that are not in charge have ideas, and they don't have to take responsibility for their ideas. The average man's got a thousand ideas, and 999 of them are ridiculous. They have one good idea, but the person who has a good idea and doesn't have any real authority doesn't have to take responsibility for implementing their idea. They're just kind of shooting their mouth off, shooting from the hip. The poor don't risk anything in shooting their mouths off. The fact that one of them strikes gold every once in a while doesn't mean they need to be given authority or recognized for their contributions. We we, the people in charge, had to take responsibility for the idea, so we're going to take credit for the idea. We are the ones who risked something. Not that homeless guy. He ventured nothing in putting forward this plan. We executed the plan. So we get credit for it. I think that homeless guy is just fine where he is. The people in charge say, that guy, that homeless guy, that poor guy, that child, that student, he didn't really know what he was saying. Besides, we have been kicking around that same idea. We had been kicking that same idea around for ages. We didn't really take his suggestion. He just happened to come along at a point where we were on the cusp of taking that idea. It just looks like... He has some wisdom. He was merely saying out loud what we had been saying privately for a very long time. Or the people in charge say, look, there's a lot more to saving the city than that poor guy knew. He didn't save the city all by himself. He had an idea. We were the ones that had to build that idea. We were the ones that had to actuate it. That idea was a kernel. It was a small thing. It was, it was one page in a 90-page instruction manual. So I think he's fine where he is. I don't think any more credit needs to be given to that poor man. It's easy. It's easy to despise the poor, even when they're wise. And that's because the poor are easy to make fun of. Of course, the rich are easy to make fun of as well. And if we're going to be honest, the middle class are easy to make fun of. Ugly people are easy to make fun of. Beautiful people are easy to make fun of. Human beings are easy to make fun of. There's no kind of human being which is hard to mock. Humans are inherently funny. And that's because humor 
always means juxtaposing high things and low things. That's always what humor is. Humor is what fills the gap between high things and low things that are put in close proximity with one another. And a human being is just naturally, inherently, a convergence of high and low. Immortal soul, belching body. People are funny. But the poor are easy to make fun of. They're easy to dismiss. Solomon says wisdom is better than strength. The poor man is not strong. The poor man cannot afford the tools of strength. Money makes a man strong. It makes him physically strong. With money, you can buy bodyguards, you can buy knives, guns, armor, tanks, planes, battleships, bombers. Nukes. The poor man doesn't have any of that. He has no strength. The poor man also doesn't have the tools or the accoutrements that create social strength. He doesn't have a nice house. He doesn't have a nice house that he can entertain guests with. He cannot afford gifts, gifts which tear down walls between himself and the people who are strong. He cannot afford the sort of clothes and automobiles that convey stability. The poor man has less to lose than the rich, which means the poor man is willing to play fast and loose, and so his grip on the world isn't quite so tight as the rich man. The rich man is worried and vexed by anything that threatens his wealth, which means that he's constantly worried. And this might be proved by reason or philosophy. It is simply assumed by Solomon. Wisdom is better than strength, but the poor man's wisdom is despised. Who despises the poor man's wisdom? The answer is everyone. Everyone despises the poor man's wisdom. The rich despise it, and the poor despise it. Not all the rich, not all the poor, but no one wants to listen to the poor. Not even the poor want to listen to the poor. The rich and the poor despise the wisdom of the poor for very different reasons, though. Poor people despise the wisdom of poor people because wisdom cannot make you rich. Wisdom will not make you rich. Cleverness will make you rich. Skill will make you rich. Talent, beauty. These things will help you amass great wealth. Wisdom will not make you rich. The poor want money. The poor need money. Wisdom can't get you money. What wisdom can do is it can help you retain money. That's what wisdom's good for. Wisdom's good for saving money. Wisdom's good for keeping the wealth that you've acquired in a stable condition, right? The fool and his money are soon parted. Wisdom doesn't make you money, it just saves you money. It retains money. But the poor don't have money to retain, so the poor despise the wisdom of the poor. Why don't you tell me something that can make me rich? Why don't you tell me something that can fill my fridge, that can fill my car? Why don't you give me some insider piece of information 
that can get me off the street. The rich are more interested in acquiring wealth than they are in retaining it. The wise rich man is interested in retaining his wealth. The wise rich man is interested in not squandering it. But neither the rich or the poor wise are interested in acquiring wealth, which is why they all despise wisdom. What they want is an advantage. And wisdom's not going to gain you a greater advantage than the one that you already have. It's going to help you conserve what you've got. And conserving things is never sexy. Making money is sexy. Making money is attractive. It's, it's alluring. Saving money is not hot. No one, no one's interested in saving money. Wisdom saves things. The rich despise the wisdom of the poor for all the same reasons that the poor do. But there's more. The rich despise the wisdom of the poor because it cannot make them money. All it can do is save money. Which means that the rich are probably only willing to listen to the poor when they need saving. And people are willing to do pretty much anything when they need saving. People are not willing to do anything in a state of leisure or in a state of contentment. But in a, in a state of desperation, we will do anything. Right? Uh, think about the way that Dying men accumulate weird remedies to themselves, like maybe this will work, maybe that'll work. When you're desperate, you'll try anything, which is probably how the poor wise man in Solomon's story was able to save the city. When you're desperate, you'll listen to anyone. When you're not desperate, you forget all about the wisdom that helped you spare your life. You make all these resolutions to live differently when you think you're going to die, and then you don't die, and then you forget all the resolutions that you made. So the rich, the rich are not going to listen to the wise poor man unless they're desperate, which means that as soon as the wisdom of the poor does its work, they're forgotten about. This is the reason why a child that solves an adult's riddle never remembered. Student that solves a teacher's riddle, not remembered. But the other reason why the rich don't listen to the wisdom of the poor is that they're intimidated by the wisdom of the poor. Now, I hope that it, I want to take a step back for a second and explain something. I don't want you to get me wrong. My idea here, my theory here, is not that Poor people are inherently wise, and rich people are inherently foolish. When Solomon describes a poor, wise man, he's describing an exceedingly rare kind of person. There are not a lot of wise, poor people. But that's because there's not a lot of wise people. There's not a lot of middle-class wise. There's not a lot of rich wise. It's not like most poor people are wise. Most of them are not. Most people are not wise. Wisdom is rare. Virtue is rare. That's why we celebrate it whenever we find it. So the idea behind this proverb is not rich people should listen to poor people. That's not what this proverb is about. It's about why wise poor people never get anywhere. Solomon is putting the irony of this out to us. Anyway. 
The rich are intimidated by the wisdom of the poor. The poor wise man is a threat. He's a threat to the people in charge. The wisdom of the poor makes the rich feel very self-aware. It's like when a child solves an adult's riddle. Maybe, maybe you've been in this position before. Maybe you've heard a riddle on, the, on a TV show, on the internet, and you've presented this riddle to your family, maybe over dinner, maybe you're in the car, maybe you're listening to something in the car, the whole family is, and you're just puzzling over it. And within like five seconds of the child hearing about the riddle, the child says, oh, well, the answer is an egg, or the answer is a four-leaf clover, or the answer is a piano. And the child just immediately solves the riddle. And everyone's like, oh, lucky guess. Yeah, kids see things differently. No one's all that impressed. Or they are impressed, and they're afraid to admit it. When your kid is smarter than you, when your student is smarter than you, you feel inadequate. You feel incompetent. When someone below you, when someone in the social strata below you is wiser than you are, I don't mean smarter than you are, I mean wiser than you are, even you start to wonder if it's best that you remain in charge. You also don't want it to become widely known that people below you are smarter than you because then everyone will begin to ask, wait, why isn't that guy in charge? He figured it out. Why don't we put that guy in charge? And everyone all of a sudden becomes discontent with the way that things are, even if things are not all that bad. The wise poor man is an embarrassment to the people who are in charge. The wisdom of the poor proves that the people in charge have weak spots. And when you've got people in charge who are deeply insecure, you've got to get every wise person beneath you out. You've got to, you've got to silence those people. And so they are forgotten, according to Solomon. I think they're conveniently forgotten. The people in charge of a city know the problems that the city faces. And they know that there are a range of solutions to those problems. And they know that some of those solutions allow them to keep their positions and others don't. And they're always going to favor solutions that allow them to keep their positions. The wisdom of the poor, though, is indifferent to the personal success of people in charge. Poor people want solutions, and they don't care if those solutions threaten the credibility of people in charge. The poor want things to get done, and if getting things done exposes the incompetence of the people that were in charge... The poor don't care. This is probably one of the ways in which the poor have a kind of elusive wisdom. The poor are willing to consider options that people in charge are not willing to consider. 
the poor want solutions and are indifferent to the people in charge keeping their jobs. Middlemen hate solutions that cut out middlemen. And what this means is that when you have middlemen in charge, you often have to do a lot of pushing. You have to do a lot of finagling to get a streamlined process going. There's always someone who is going to lose out when you streamline a process. The wisdom of the poor is indifferent to Christmas bonuses because they're not going to get one. The perspective of the poor makes them good at identifying inefficiencies and redundancies. They know where the blind spots are. They know where the weaknesses are. And that's why the people that are in charge, really in charge, not the middlemen, not middle management. This is why the people at the very top really ought to insist on exit interviews. In an exit interview, you're going to get all that sweet wisdom of the poor that would otherwise be forgotten. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 